Welcome to the game. This is game. They should have never gave you platform. Episode 50, episode 50, the big 5 yeah, the big 5 yeah, sing it with me out there, the big 5 yeah, 5, 5, 0, 50, hey, what's good with y'all out there, I'm Kamal, and this is The Gap. We're on episode 50, I plead the physio with a zero, 50, <laughs> yeah, episode 50. Hey, give yourself a hand, if you listening out there, or if you watching on the tube, give yourself a motherfucking hand. Woo, episode 50. Coming up on the year, coming up on the year. Hell yeah. Look, for the tubers out there, YouTube been around since 2005. I ain't going to tell you what to do. You know what to do to get the uh, channel booming and the video booming. But if you want to find me, Kamal Johnson ENT, type that in in YouTube, bow, pop right up. For my potters out there, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Google Podcasts, and I'm on SoundCloud. All you got to do is either type in Kamal Johnson ENT. Or the gab, bam, and I pop right up. Hey, man, give yourself another hand clap. Y'all been rocking with me. 50 episodes. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited. 50 episodes. Let's get it. All right, we're going to hop right into it. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about automation in the workplace. Because it's coming. It's real. The robots are going to be taking people's jobs. And there ain't shit you going to do about it. At this point, there's so much information out here. Look it. Let me tell you. Just get prepared. Prepared for the robots takeover. AI takeover. It's coming. It's happening. I don't know what to tell y'all. Automation in the workplace. It's bound to happen. Hell, automation might take my job here. Might take my own stuff. Dang, bruh, it's crazy because I read up on uh, Pod News. That was one of the sources that I got my stuff from. I got, let me tell you my story. I read Pod News and Forbes. And Pod News itself, they're saying that there's being automation between podcasts. So basically, robots are taking over the podcast platforms. Damn, it's over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Automation in the podcast world. Like, they have one podcast where instead of a person talking to you calmly while you sleep and be like, did you have a good day today? Meditate on it. Don't worry about the negative vibes. Think about clouds. Think about space. Think about stars. Stuff like that. Now a robot doing it. Now a robot gonna start reading ebooks. Robots gonna start doing assembly lines and taking a lot of assembly jobs. Look it, they got this one dude right, Rick Cohen in Boston. He building this shit. He's building an assembly line of robots in places like Walmart and Target. So what that does, that takes away assembly jobs. 
But what's happening is a lot of people are like, I don't even want to go back to work. I ain't even trying to work. And so this gives them the best excuse. Hey, shout out to Market Mondays because they talk about this all the time that people don't want to work. And it's, it's, it's understandable because people don't want to work for shitty wages and shitty conditions. But this gives them excuses like, hey, y'all didn't want to work. So what we about to do is build these robots. And when these robots be proficient enough to do what we need them to do, instead of malfunctioning, repeating itself all the time, we going to use them. Y'all didn't want the job. Y'all didn't want to do it. So, And this helps out with their profit margins when they do uh, use robots instead of humans. You got to, you know, human error and all types of stuff. You can't overwork humans, even though they overwork humans, but it comes at a cost. But Rick Rick Cohen, he's, you know, building this stuff, bro, the assembly line and stuff like that. So people are like, I ain't about to work in these conditions. They're, giving me, they're getting government assistance. Are they working other side gigs? That's helping out for now, but they're coming to hard times. Are people that's like just starting it to get into the job market, jobs eliminated. It's going to like, what happened is this automation, basically, it may create two jobs, but it eliminate four or five jobs. So in the long run, it's, it, 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 it hurts. Automation helps too, if it does create the same amount of jobs as being lost. All it, all it does is you have to acquire a new skill, but that's not what's happening. And that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is two jobs going to get created, four or five jobs going to be lost. The two people that is working with the automation and doing the robot stuff or whatever, cool. They good. You feel me? But the four people that was actually working in the assembly line, their jobs is eradicated. Man. But, like, I get workplace automation. It's, it's also good to... More productivity is faster. People get their products faster, more efficient, or whatever they're doing is more efficient. Who says? This is fucking robot. Somebody's programming them. The programmer could be inefficient. Then what happens? Or what else can happen is, and I talked about this on my other show. Shout out to my bro Frank, the Magic Think Tank, where what happened? I feel that when it comes to wars, Wars are going to be more uh, electronic-based, ransomware. And if we build these things, right, and we don't have protection against, you know, ransomware or malfunctioning of AI, automation and stuff like that, what happens when we do get into a war and it happens and they just, boom, hit a button or do some hacking, (laughs) hacking shit, Ah, I'm hacking away. And they hack the system. And everything goes haywire. What happens then? That's another possibility we have to think of when we try to automate these jobs in the workplace. I don't know. This just had me thinking. You feel me? I got my sources from Pod News and Forbes. Uh, It had me thinking because there's benefits to this. But there also is a lot of cons that people are not really talking about. And the people that are talking about it is like a brief moment of talking about it. Or people actually don't know the information. That's why I'm here. And what's happening also is like 63% of millennials approve of automation in the workplace. 
I get that because they all technology based and you know automation, AI working together. Cool. I do want to hear uh, from the other forty-seven percent of why they don't think it's good. Personally, I think it's because they think of how I'm thinking. The whole ransomware attack can happen, shut down a whole boatload of factories and things like that. And also, yeah, when dude program the robots, it's like, I'm sick of y'all motherfuckers. Now it's time to take over. Push the button like Dr. Evil, and we out in this bitch about to take over. And robots is like, yes, that's our master. We're going to take over. What happens that? Programming, I'm telling you. Programs are meant to get hacked and are meant to have faulty integration. It's going to happen. You have to think about that. And it's going to, a lot of jobs are going to be lost. People ain't worried about them now. Give it some years down the line, though. People are going to start work. They're going to be like, damn. Robots and took our jobs. Just saying, just give you something to think about. You know what I mean? Personally, my solution to this is one, get your skills up. You gotta get your skills up. So you could, all right, I don't need the assembly line job no more. You know why? Because I got the skills to run the robots and programming them. That's one solution. Another solution, hey man, do what y'all already doing. Focus on your side gigs or your uh your actual business that you own and stuff in that nature but also another thing to think about think about investing make your dollar work for you you know what i mean if the jobs is lost you'll get money in other sectors but the money might the dollar might not stretch that long put into some investments i'm not going to tell you what to invest in there's other fucking podcasts and programs that tell you that already I mentioned one, Market Mondays. Boom. Go check it out. They good with the finances. And they sound and look like me. So, uh, it was Ian. Um, there's two other cats on there. You feel me? I'll, I'll state their name next time. But, yeah, I just want to talk about automation in the workplace. Pros and cons. Y'all, y'all, down in the comments below, let me know what y'all think. What y'all think about automation in the workplace? I done gave you my spiel. But I want to hear it from y'all. Anyway, get the AI out of here. <laughs> get the AI out of here. Yeah. Let's get into the next segment. The SAF segment. Woo-wee. You know how to talk about this movie right here. And it got a, it got a couple legends in this movie. But the movie, The Unforgivable. On Netflix. Y'all remember Unforgivable with the one, the black dude? Better have my waffle fries. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. Anyway, let's talk about the movie, bruh. The Unforgivable. And look at man. This came out November 24th, 2021. It's on Netflix. Uh, I say go check it out. I always say go check out movies, no matter if I think they're good or bad. Check them out. Doesn't matter. Let me give you the stats. IMDb gave it a 7.2, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 40%. Whoo, wee, that's rotten. <laughs> Damn. But you know what I say about them critics? Frick them. You see how I say frick them? I'm toning down on my cursing. I'm telling y'all, watch 2022, my, my cursing is going to be a minimal. Ain't going to be no cursing. 
<coughs> but the people really like this movie. They gave it a 92%, which is really good. I, I agree with the people. This is actually a really good movie. Very toxic. Very pulling on the heartstrings. But this was a really good movie to me. And for the most part, Sandra Bullock, she's a star, star uh, character. Or, you know what I mean? She could be the star witness because she witnessed the... Let me just get into the movie itself. God might be spoiling and shit. Spoiler alert. You know I'm going to spoil shit. So, hey. This was directed by Noor Fixrox. I butchered that last name. But shout out to you, Noor. Give yourself a hand clap if you're watching this. You feel me? Shout out to you. And like I said, this is starring Sandra Bullock. And the character she played. Oh, my God. Yo, what's up, man? First Holly Berry, now Sandra Bullock. Y'all playing these tough, toxic roles. Good Lord. Sweet baby black Jesus. I was like, oh my God. Sandra Bullock. You really are a villain. <laughs> She's not a villain, I'm telling you. Not in this movie. They painted her that way. Like in our movie. In the net, she was painted as a villain too, but she wasn't. Anyway. She was Ruth Slater. Look, anybody named Slater usually has a tough upbringing for some weird reason. He had Jeff Bertano. Hey, motherfucker legend too. He was Blake in the movie. Asling Francesco. I'm bugging up all the last names. I think I'm messing up because also like, man, they kind of auto-corrected some of this or whatever. But whatever. She was Catherine. And look, Ruth Slater is the big sister. Catherine is the little sister. Blake is Ruth Slater, somewhat love interest. Viola Davis, legend, legend. She's a fucking legend. We giving, yes. Legend, Viola Davis, she played Liz Ingram. And also another key character in this movie, John Ingram, Liz Ingram's uh, husband. So he he's a lawyer. So. Basically, unforgivable. It starts out with Ruth Slater. She getting out of jail for a murder. You know who she murdered? Or who she didn't murder? Oh, get you a clue right there. Bam, Jim, a cop. Damn. They label her a cop killer. And let me tell you, she's already a felon, but to get labeled as a cop killer too? Oh, her life was hard. Man, this was a... Toxic, tough movie to watch. Jeez. But she getting out the system. They show her getting out of jail. And, you know, she having a tough time acclimating to the world as of now. It's like she hearing shit. Shit's so loud. It's so vibrant. She's got PTSD. It's just, it, it, it's just showing how people, when they come out of the system, of jail and stuff like that in prison, shit is many to him. It's like a whole nother universe to him and stuff. So she's basically, you know, she has to deal with all the shit that the system come with. She lives in a halfway house where these women are crazy. Not all of them, but some of them you could tell is like they this is why you need programs for people when they get out of the system because it's mental instability. And that's what was happening in that halfway house. And at, there was one point where like she had to hide her food in like this one meth addict. They showed her shooting up. 
The shoot up was real. Wow. But she ended up trying to go on Ruth Slater like, try to go in her stuff. And, she, and Ruth Slater, I'm telling you, man. Sandra Bullock, man, it's Carole. You played this beautifully because I was even scared. I was like, oh, my God. Sandra Bullock used to be such a nice person. I remember her back in the day. Such a sweet woman. Now the world done turned into a mean, stone-cold savage. <laughs> Dang! But yeah, she had to hammer up with Brad. Like, don't touch my stuff. Ah. But the plot of the movie basically is, uh, Ruth Slater, when she was younger, she was taking care of her uh, younger sister, Catherine. Their parents died. She had the house, and then the house was going up for eviction. They lost the house because they couldn't pay for it and stuff. The sheriff was coming in to boot them out, and what it shows, it, it alluded to basically Ruth Slater killed that cop. They all knew each other, small town, in Seattle. They were in Seattle. So, now I want to think about Seattle, too. God damn it, rained a lot. Hey, shout out to my homegirl, Taylor, Miss White, but I don't know why she always wanted me to come out to Seattle. I mean, I'm going to come out there one day. Because I've been there before, and it is a nice place. But damn, it rains a lot. It is gloomy, and it looked depressing. But I guess that they, that's what they were going for. But she lost, she lost the house, and then all you see, bow, dead in her fire. At the time, the sister was five. Um, Ruth Slater character looked like she was like 20-something. You feel me? And so she went into the prison system for 20 years, coming out. Dealing with all that, trying to get a job, they wasn't, they wasn't fucking with her, cause she was a felon. But she, she basically got her like her master's degree in carpentry. So she was doing, she went to, to one spot and she was like, "Yo, I'm qualified for this." They're like, "Nope, you a felon. Get out of here. Goodbye." But then she went to this fish marketplace, and you know Seattle's known for fish and fish markets and stuff like that. So she worked there for for a little bit, and she got a second job. And her second job was she basically did like a little internship building like a homeless center for the homeless. So she, you know, she was doing her thing. Then her love interest came, Blake, who was a fucking snitch, snitched on her. Dang. But you know, it's going to be the love interest. He worked at the fish market too, and they talking and whatever. And she's, she's riled up. She has PTSD. From everything. She was already unhinged before she went to the prison system. But this made her more just, ah! But literally, she's trying to find her, her uh, sister. And this one family adopted her younger sister when she was like five. And she was in a traumatic moment. And like, the the wife basically is like saying like, yo, you need to talk to your older sister. She got out of jail. She's writing these letters, and like the the husband didn't give the little sister the letters. Fucked up, super fucked up. But basically, uh, Ruth Slater ended up going to the old house, and this this movie shit. I don't know this movie shit where like she went to the old house, and this is where uh, Liz Ingram and John Ingram come into play. They live in the house right now. John Ingram ended up being a fucking lawyer. Oh. Just what Ruth Slater needed, a lawyer. So, went there to reminisce, and then she went in the house, and then 
fast forward some, they got a family, whatever. John Ingram tells her, like, yo, you've been lying to me. You come in this house. What, what's up? What's your deal? And so she she told him the truth. Like, <coughs> Ruth Slater basically told him, like, yo, I was in prison. They said I killed a cop. It was my old house. Blah, blah. So this nigga's like, all right, I'm represent you. And so he sent the papers to the parent, the parents that adopted Catherine and shit. So they like, oh, we getting served, and then like she meet the parents, and then like you know she she has every right to be angry because literally they're hiding the truth from Catherine. They're hiding it. Dang, like Rusair was hella mad. Like you ain't listening to my letters, my little sister, twenty years. What the hell? And then they try to make it. Say, She's not going to remember anything. She was five years old. It was traumatic. No, motherfucker. People remember stuff by the time they're three years old. They remember. So that happened. And then what's also in play was the, the, the sons of the cop that got killed is now after Ruth Slater at first. And they were like, yo, you killed our dad. You out here living. Fuck all that. Look it. The, the, uh. The, the younger brother at first was like, man, it's cool, bro. I got my kid. I got my girl. Stuff like that. Just move on. And the older brother, doofy-ass nigga, dude, did you kill the dead, bro? You gotta go after her, man. You gots to do it. And, you know, little brother was like, all right, he met her at the fucking carpentry spot where she's building a homeless shelter, had a convo with her. And I knew Ruth Slater fucked up when she was like, when he, he said something about the parents, and she was basically like, yo, life goes on. Whatever, motherfucker. That was her sentiment. So he got mad and like what tipped him over the edge. The older brother ended up fucking the younger brother girl while the baby was crying. And that sent him over the edge. He all mad now. He like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to take your little sister. But what happened was the parents that adopted Catherine had a daughter too. And the daughter was more like, yo, we need to find your sister, blah, blah, blah. And so she met up with the uh, with Ruth and told Ruth, like, yeah, my dad ain't been giving her the letters. She cool. She's been wanting to find you. She's having these memories. And then as she walked off when they separated, this nigga, uh, the younger brother, ended up kidnapping her. And then told, like, Ruth, you better come through, blah, blah, blah. So what happened? Yep. She tried to come through, save her shit or whatever, and was like, yo, bro, like, Calm it down, bruh. Like, I feel you. Da-da-da. But before that all happened, you feel me? This nigga, her love interest, he she Ruth Slater told Blake the truth, was like, yo, I went to prison for killing the cop, blah blah blah. This nigga froze. Then this nigga went and ran his mouth to his colleagues. And what happened was she got into a fight with this one chick, big Bertha ass chick, and she was like, My daddy was a cop motherfucker. Start whooping her ass. Bah, 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 bah. Whooped her ass, right? Fucked up. But then she went back to John Ingram and was like, yo, I need to talk. I need to find my sister. And John Ingram wasn't there. Liz Ingram was there and she was like, yo, get the fuck away from here. You a convict. You killed a cop. And then she basically spilled the beans and was like, I didn't kill the cop. My little sister killed the cop. At five years old, murked him with the fucking shotgun. Bow. But she took the rap, though. She took the heat for it. And it was like, what was baffling me was like, this 20 years later, Catherine's fucking 25. Why is she listening to these motherfuckers that adopted her? She's like, I'm a grown woman at this point. I go see where the hell I want. 
That confused me. That was the only thing that confused me. I'm like, what the fuck? All right. But at the end of the day, she literally, she went over to save their daughter and shit like that. Ended up saving her. Had had the dude uh, arrested and shit. And then she finally got to see her little sister. And there was no words exchanged. She was doing what she'd been waiting for 20 years to do. Give her a hug. And I ain't gonna lie. Almost shed a tear. Oh! What a movie. Hug your loved ones. Hug your loved ones. You never know what's gonna fucking happen. What a fucking movie. Sandra Bullock. Damn. Great movie. Oh, that was the end of the movie. That was it. Long ass movie too. Two hours long. But it was good. It was well worth it. Ah, man. I don't know, man. These these older older actors that's like legend, they legends in the game before and shit like that. Now they having some toxic roles. Holly Berry, Sandra Bullock. I see you. Okay, I see the roles y'all playing. This was a great movie. Look it. Like I said, this Unforgivable on Netflix. Y'all go check it out. You feel me? Let me know what y'all think in the comments below. And <laughs> this movie was fire to me. I fucked with this. Damn, Sandra Bullock, you you played your ass off on this. Gee, the rest of y'all did too, but Sandra Bullock was on another level. All right, you know what time it is. It is meme time. Ooh, let's get into the memes, to the memes, to the memes. Ah, oh, snap. And you know I had to get an automation meme because we just talked about automation in the workplace. So we got, bro, you know, the black dude that's always had a thinking like, hey, instead of me, Put my money into the bank. Why I just rob the bank? Shit like that. You know, the nigga always had that. They always had them stupid sayings and shit. <laughs> but it reads from a potter. Why automate when you can automate the automation? <laughs> what? Oh my god. Oh my goodness. What? Got a point though. Why automate when you can automate the automation? I don't know what that means, but it sounded funny. <laughs> oh man. Alright, we just did Sandra Bullock in the movie Unforgivable, and I had to find a meme with Sandra Bullock. And this meme, I'm telling you, it got Sandra Bullock in uh the uh the movie where she was blind. What was that? Bird's eye? I think that's bird eye. Another movie where she was in space, I forget the name of that movie, and then also when she was driving the bus in speed. And it reads, note to, note to self, never travel with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> it's so true, because there's always some danger that happens behind traveling with her, bruh. Every time, bro. Like, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> you travel with Sandra Bullock, you're going to go into some danger. Something dangerous is going to happen. Oh, my God, bruh. Do not travel with Sandra Bullock or your ass will be in some hot water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another one of these reading memes. You feel me? All right. For my potters up there, it has a sign. And then at the bottom, it has some chick that looks like she's from Real Housewives yelling like, ah! And it has another, on the other side, a cat going, <laughs> and on top it reads, don't drink and drive, 
never drive high. So I read at the bottom with the woman, yeah, and it says, don't drink and drive, never drive high. Yeah, but the way they constructed this sign, terrible. And this is how most people read it. This is how I read it at first, with the cat going, and it says, don't never drink and drive, drive high. <laughs> Oh my god, bruh. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god, it does read like that. That's crazy. Bro, that's how it looked though. For real. Oh man. Episode 50, baby. I'm Kamal. And this is The Gab. Hey man, give yourself a hand clap if you watching or if you listening, you feel me? I appreciate y'all. Y'all the real MVP. 50 episodes. We out here. Hey, man. For my tubers out there. YouTube been around since 2005. I ain't gonna tell y'all what to do to get the channel and the video booming. But if you wanna find me, Kamal Johnson ENT. Bam! For my potters out there, though. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Podcasts. And I'm on SoundCloud. All you gotta do is type in Kamal Johnson ENT. Or the gab, and bam, I'll pop right up. Hey, Amen. I appreciate y'all. Episode 50. On that note, I'm about to drive high. Because that's what the sign told me. Yee hee. <laughs> this was the gab. This was the gab. Ooh, yeah.